Welcome to the family with co-host Catherine Brandt, L.A. Nick, Alex Brandt-Bernard Rasmussen, Andy Brandt-Bernard, and Melissa Bernard. And we'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walls Automotive Group, Walls.com, and Doug Sprinthal. Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking, so when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle, It is, and it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. What more could you ask for? We were wondering. Nothing at all. You know, I gotta. Are we? I gotta be. What? We were wondering where you were. What are you talking about? We just heard the music. So it started talking. It played here for a long, for a while. while. Yeah. Oh, did it? it Yeah, yeah. Weird. Yeah, we thought maybe you nodded off or something. (laughs) No. Take a little nap. Yes, both of us nodded off. It's absolutely true. Snore. Um, I have to ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. How many times has the U.S. Capitol been bombed, not just uh, trying to be overtaken by a crowd? Unfortunately, a couple of people died in that one. How many times has the U.S. Capitol been bombed in recent history? Not even Bombed? Bombed. bombed. I would bombed? say zero. No idea. Okay. Yeah, I would say zero. I know two, say zero? two cops have been shot in there before. Yep. Bombed. Killed. Well, yeah. You know why you never heard of it? Because it was the other side that did it. Oh, are you talking about the 19- Weather Underground? Weather Underground in 1971 oh, okay. bombed it. 1983, on my birthday in 1983, a couple uh, a couple of people, a woman called in and said, a bomb's going to go off in the U.S. Capitol. And it did go off in the U.S. Capitol. Oh. But it's kind of interesting. If you support one party, and again, I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm not taking sides. I'm just, I just wonder, 
Nobody knows about the two times that the liberals attacked the Capitol and actually set off bombs in the Capitol. Don't, nobody even remembers that. Well, they don't, no. even talk when, about, they don't even talk about them shooting all the Republicans playing baseball. No. <laughs> no, they don't even talk about that. I just, I, I can't believe the phoniness of it. Look, I don't want anybody attacking the Capitol and breaking in and threatening people. Unfortunately, two people died, so I am no way, shape, or form excusing anything. But why didn't I had to search and search for this? The fact that, uh, and a friend of mine told me about it, I had no idea that the U.S. Capitol has been bombed a couple of a few times actually. Well, I knew the Weather Underground blew a bunch of stuff up, but I didn't know that it was the Capitol too. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Not one word of that on the news. We. Um, it's because nobody knows history. Nobody knows anything. No, everybody's an idiot. Nobody. That's the. I'm actually pretty good on history, but I did, I'm pretty good on history, but I didn't know that. Andy, November seventh, nineteen eighty-three. Look it up. It was a it was a woman, okay. and I think there were about seven or eight people that got uh, got arrested. But there was a woman, I believe, that called in and said a bomb was going to go off in the Capitol, and it it blew the door right off U.S. Senator Robert Byrd's office. Six Who was members? the president in eighty-three? George Bush, mm, Reagan, I think. Uh, no, uh, Reagan, Ronald Reagan. Reagan was the president when I was born. Oh, eighty-three. Yeah, sorry. Uh, six members of the radical left-wing resistance conspiracy. Uh, they blew up the Senate. So, yeah, that's the Capitol, right? It's, just, it's yeah. unbelievable. As well as Fort McNair and Washington Navy Yard. <laughs> wow, they were busy. <clears throat> and not one word of it. I, that was, okay, so that was only, you know, 38 years ago. But nobody even brings that up. I, and again, I, I'm not supporting anybody attacking the Capitol. People were killed. It's terrible. But nobody even mentions the fact that that both sides have attacked the Capitol. It's bizarre. Well, no, I mean, AOC had a bunch of people storm the Capitol. No one talks about that. Yeah, she did. What? I know. I, I just don't get it. Or some sort of federal happen? building. Was it the Capitol? I, I know no uh, years I ago, know. The I think it was the Black Panthers, they stormed the Capitol with guns. They didn't kill anybody, yep. but they did. They, they basically did the same thing as the Six, but they were all armed. I know. But no one remembers I that I just either. don't understand. Nobody remembers. If it's on the other side of the aisle, nobody ever reports on that. It, it's well, just the, disgusting. Convenient the amnesia. The bias is unbelievable. <clears throat> well, it's because it is. It's, it's the media. The media is who it is shapes public and you know, perception. This, this isn't just happening in America, which is scary. I watched oh, a no. whole montage no. of media around the world yesterday. It was a montage of media from around the world, every country. They're all using the exact same language, the exact same yep. words. They're, they're, yep. they're there, there's something going on that we don't know. Oh, we know. We just can't do anything about but we, it. But I don't, I don't know what it is. Like, where are they trying to do? What is the final goal? Is it complete control over every human being in the world? Yes, because they're all yeah. using the same language. It's scary. When yeah. I when I see that montage, I'm like, oh yeah. my god, they're all using the exact same sentences. Look, what we'd like to do is live in America and have you tell the truth, whether it's, you know, you CNN or Fox or whoever it is. We'd like you to tell the truth and report all the news, not just the news that you like to report, news that maybe you're embarrassed by or ashamed of. You need to report all the news. I, I don't. Bl- Catherine just pointed out that CNN's ratings since Trump left office. 
Yep. How much they dropped, honey? Forty-four percent. Forty-four percent. There's a crap not... network, man. Oh, it's terrible. What, what's what's the thing going on with changing words? Like instead of equality, now they say equity. equity. And, and there's there's like ten different oh, examples God. of that. There's ten oh. different words. They're changing the meaning of the words. And I, what there's something weird going well, on. Well, equality with all this and stuff. equity technically are different things. But why they all its own change instead of saying equality? They don't say equality no more. They we, say equity. Because equity, because we tried equity equality. implies money. We tried equality for 60 years and it didn't get them where they wanted to get. So now they're right. changing it to equity. Right. I don't think I think you could throw all the money you want at the, some of the problems in the United States or around the world and you'll never fix them. Money will not fix those well, problems. No, but they're right. well, it's just like gonna... money is never ne- money doesn't solve spending problems. No, no. <laughs> if you've got no, a spending problem, I, I was, getting more money isn't going to change it. I was asking someone who's big into the marketing, especially uh, television marketing. They they produce commercials and stuff, and he's pretty big. And I noticed mm-hmm. that every commercial lately is an it is is a biracial couple. Yes. Or or yep. Yep. they all it's everyone like every single one, even a product that. No black person I've ever met would ever even touch, but they still <laughs> they still put a lot of people in that commercial. So, and what tits. products are those? So I asked I asked my friend I said what's going on with this because he makes a lot of them and he said mm-hmm. that's who spends money. Yep, yep, yep. That's true. Black men and white women. Especially, she said especially right now with 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 uh, stimulus checks they spend that money. Mm-hmm. It is pretty amazing, ladies and gentlemen. So we are in a situation now where we're not getting the truth from anybody. We just, I had to, I had to finally go on the air today and say, look, I, I, I'm not taking sides. I don't, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't know if Mike Lindell has proof that their election was fixed. But I said, I got to be honest with you, I think everything is fixed. Not just that, but I think oh, everything in the fixed, world is man. fixed. It's all fixed. You know, they, There's they, no question you know, about they, it. They booted my pillow off yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Once again, let's try to ruin a man's life because he doesn't believe what you believe. And by the way, let me ask you a question about that. All of you, I'm asking this question. Why didn't they just ignore Mike Lindell? If they ignored him, he would have gone away and everything would be fine. The fact that you fought so hard to ruin that man makes me think something is going on here that we yeah. you don't want us to know. I'm the same way. When they're when they try really, really yep. hard to demonize someone, I wonder yep. what that person is doing right. I know, Andy. I feel the same. Well, and again, I'm not taking a position that the election was fixed or whatever, but I, again, think everything's fixed, so I guess I do think it was fixed. Uh, but but you, you literally are in a situation where they just, you'll, you'll learn what they want you to learn. It's disgusting. But well, it just scares me that it's happening worldwide. Yeah. Oh, I know. It You're is right. worldwide in every country. I know I feel so bad because a good friend of mine, we talked about him before, I won't say his name, but he uh, just built a big giant house in Miramar, like comparison to like, a couple million dollar house here in the States. And now Miramar right. has been taken over by the military. <laughs> they oh, had Myanmar, a, you mean? Yeah, they had a cute, cute, cute yeah, the other day. And, and uh, it's bad. Yeah. It is bad. It's really, really but bad. Th- I think that could happen in other places now. Like here? It could. Mm-hmm. Could. I'm well, telling you. We are shaky as hell right now. We are shaky. And it, I don't know if you caught the, the speech of Biden the other day talking about vaccines, where he said three, oh, no. th- 300 people will get it. By the, I did. And, he, I did. and he, then he, mm-hmm. he goes, let me repeat that. 300 people will get a vaccine. <laughs> That's in, pretty bad. By summer. 
And, and he goes, we're, we're going to add 40% and 60%. Now, that'll be 50% of the vaccines. Um, yep. And I guarantee I you 300 people will get it by the end of summer. Let me repeat that. 300 <laughs> people God. will get that by the end of the summer. And, and I was just like, this is our president. Well, if you, if you under-promise and then over-deliver, then you're going to look like a hero. So. 300 people That's will no. get it by the end they of the summer. They will, for sure. 300 people get it, like, this week. He was supposed to be saying yeah. 300 million. Yeah. But yeah. He, yeah. But just, so that's worldwide? Yep. I don't know, but no, he, nothing he said made any sense. I have it on my phone. 300 million never, basically is the United States. I have, right. I have it on it my is. phone, the whole speech right on my phone. But not nothing me. he says made any sense. Not one word. Absolutely not. Uh, well, I, I don't know. People are so weird. The other day, somebody was like, <clears throat> despite the limited research on its effects on pregnant women, I feel 100% safe getting this vaccine. And I'm like, how? There's yeah. no research. Yeah, How do you feel it. safe? There's, there's literally, and and then it was like hashtag trust science, and I was like, there's no science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. you should put a picture of a thalidomide baby up there and say exactly. hashtag I, trust I, science. Exactly. I've seen a lot of places saying that they don't know if there's a risk to the fetus and, and pregnant women should right. not be vaccinated. That's know, yeah, what I've they're, been seeing. They're giving it to pregnant women, but even like my sister-in-law mm. is th- like her, my brother-in-law is the most nervous about COVID of anyone that I know by far, and she's waiting until right. she delivers her baby to get it. And I'm like, if she's waiting, yeah. whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but did you see yesterday? Well, yeah, I went into a Facebook, like, argument with him about the flu shot so i can only imagine how he feels about the covid shot and i saw this post on facebook which i haven't been on in months but i posted a bunch of stuff for sale and this gal that i know was like oh i want to buy this from you and i was like oh i wonder if she had her baby and that was the first thing that was like despite no research Mm. i feel completely safe why, yeah, why do you feel safe the question. if there's no yeah. research? It's very strange. Well, you can't ask those questions to the administration nope. now because right. they, yesterday they announced that all questions must be screened first yep. before you give them to the press yep. secretary. They're only going to take They're softball. only going to take questions yep. that they yep. pre-approved questions only. Yep. Is COVID bad? <laughs> yes. Yeah. What letter get the does writers, COVID start Get the writers. Yeah. It's just, just amazing. Okay, we got to take a break in a second, but yep. I got to tell you one thing that I, I heard yesterday. Catherine and I heard it. I'm sure you heard it too. Did you hear the genius Kamala Harris comment about the coal miners? Oh, yeah. I have not. Landmines. She <laughs> said, Well, thanks for ruining the story, Ellie. Nick, thanks a lot. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't about. know what's going on. Yeah, it didn't ruin anything for me. No. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we're done then. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO from North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, you work with many different types of businesses. Can you tell me about one of them? Absolutely. Real Fishing was started by a young entrepreneurial couple here in the Twin Cities. They offer guided fishing services during the open water season and ice house rentals in the winter. They came to us with a great idea for their business, but not a lot of experience in getting one off the ground. Now that they're up and running, they've told us how much they appreciate that we listen to their ideas for their business and help them work through all of the contingencies that could come. Knowing that we will be here to help them every step of the way with the capital they need. Yeah, they're not going to get that at just any bank. You need Bilski. Tommy, our whole team at all of the branches take pride in providing outstanding customer service and are ready to help our clients when they need us most. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. 
As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square, and use promo code TOM, T-O-M. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew, just let me know when our guests are ready, okay? Can do. We'll be good to go. Yeah, so in any case, uh, we're just talking about uh, uh, how everything is... Jesus. I tell you. Usually he shuts his mic. Very smooth. Very smooth. Okay, it's like the KQ um, Morning Show right now. The smooth <laughs> delivery of everything. Honest God, I'm telling you the truth. This is a true story. Radio right now, because it's doing being done remote in so many places, like we're doing everything remote, the the mistakes that happen because of that one little click of a delay, it, it just, it's unbelievable. TV's actually the same, and Tom. It is. That's it absolutely is the same. Yeah. It's hilarious because they're going. To, most of the major broadcasting companies are not going to have station buildings anymore. They're going, to, you know, the Hubbards always will probably because they own the whole area. But um, most of them are going to be remote broadcasts. In other words, if there are four different people on the show, they're going to be in four different locations. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you the stuff you're going to hear. Oh God, yeah. Oh my oh, God. Oh, did you did you see who was it? The newscaster yesterday who said somebody's called said they had the tape of Trump and meeting with the head of the Republican Party, and it was a scene from a movie. Did you see it? No. You didn't see no. that? No. Oh, i gotta, I got to pull out the details for it. Dandy can pull it up. It is well, the most hilarious thing you'll ever see. While you're we pulling have, that up, we have our guest. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll do that. We'll do that in the next segment. Yeah, that'll okay. Be yeah, yeah. That'll, be, that'll work. We'll do it uh, in, the, in the second hour. That'll yeah. be perfect. Because right now, Jennifer and Naomi are ready to go. And you better make me laugh, sister. That's all I'm saying. I'm all fired up to laugh. Um, Jennifer Ocker and Naomi Begdonis. Humor seriously by Jennifer and Naomi. There exists a mistaken belief in today's corporate world that we have to be serious all the time in order to be taken seriously. I could not agree with you both more. Nobody has a sense of humor anymore. It's a, uh, is it because everybody's so self-involved? What is it? What's it all about? Well, in fact, we have fallen off the humor cliff, and uh, we find this from a large data set that shows that at age 23, we all plummet off this cliff, which is we stop (laughs) laughing and we stop believing ourselves to be funny. All the while, humor is so, so powerful, and we don't know its power. So I'll give one quick example. Um, In negotiation studies, researchers have found that if at the end of a negotiation, the, uh, the negotiator puts in a lighthearted line that is not even funny, just lighthearted. Right. They'll get 18% higher returns on that negotiation. So, for example, instead of saying my final offer is X, if you say my final mm. offer is X, and I'll throw in my pet frog, 
percent higher returns, which is wild. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. I know. Why don't people want to laugh? I, my whole life, because I grew up in a very funny family, my brothers and sisters, my mother was funny and she didn't even know it. She didn't even know she was being funny. But I, I couldn't live without laughing every day. I love to laugh. Yeah, absolutely. So a lo- what we find is that certain, um, you know, parents actually can, you know, cultivate, you know, this sense of humor. And so one of the things we find in this humor clip data is that when um, you get asked a very simple question, did you smile or laugh yesterday? And your answer would be clearly yes, as would potentially your, you know, entire family. Most people say yes at 15, 18, 20. And then all of a sudden, the answer becomes no around 23. And it doesn't really? become yes again until around 70 or 80 when people retire, which is 47 way too serious years. And one of the really? reasons we find is that people, oh my gosh, it's, it's devastating. And if you look at the health benefits, um, not to mention the actual business benefits, there's a significant ROI on having a sense of humor. Um, you know, it's, it's really a travesty, especially as you said right now. One of, the, one of the reasons is because people often believe that having a sense of humor is the same thing as being funny, and it's not. No. So one of the things we find is that there's three or four different types of sense of humor. There's the stand-up. They're, you know, they make you laugh out loud. They're boisterous and extroverted and bold. They're not afraid to cross the line to get a laugh. Then there's the sweethearts. They tend to be earnest and honest and uplifting. I am from Minnesota. Um, 60% of your Uh-oh. audience, I think, is as well. We do a good job in terms of sweethearts. Um, we wouldn't risk, you know, oftentimes hurting other people's feelings. Um, so our humor uplifts. And then we have Magnet, and they're charismatic. And they're kind of the life of the party. They also tend to build bonds and, um, and be more extroverted. And then there's the sniper. They are sharp and dry and witty and edgy. Uh, and they have that one-liner zinger. So all you have to do to figure out which style you are is go to humorseriously.com and take a test and have data tell you what you are. So, Tom, what style do you think you are? What style do the guy am? What's the best one again? Thank you very much. Great to be here. (laughs) See, there you go. You can just say all of that. Yes. Okay. I'll I'll just say all of that because of the people that surround me. I've developed all kinds of different senses of humor. Uh, but no, don't you think most people who are funny have different levels of being funny? And different levels. Yeah. I mean, what, one thing that we talk about in our book is it seems like a magical art humor, and in fact, there are some techniques that can be demystified. So, um, so mm-hmm. for example, in the book, we talk about. Step one, just observe that humor doesn't come from inventing the perfect one-liner from thin air, but just from being really observant about things. So um, right. so things like, uh, you know, everyone's tired on Monday mornings. Uh, you know, really easy. Everyone can relate to that. And then you can apply these really simple techniques, like exaggeration. You could say everyone's tired on Monday mornings, but not after their 12th cup of coffee. Or you could apply something like contrast. So you could say... Uh, I know everyone's tired on Monday morning, but just hang in there. Soon you'll be extremely tired on Monday afternoon. Or the rule of three um, is another technique we teach, which is you say something like, it's Monday morning, time to get your coffee, have a nice breakfast, and scream into your pillow for a solid minute. Now, 
None of this, of course, is viral well. polarity, but it is a really easy well. way to understand. <laughs> or maybe it is. Um, but it is a really yeah, easy way to understand that this is not, um, it's not a, a crazy, crazy, unattainable art form that for a lot of people, humor is way more accessible than we might think. You know, I got to tell you both, and we're talking to Jennifer and Naomi about humor seriously by Jennifer and Naomi. It's available on Amazon, available everywhere, as a matter of fact. The two things that that I've noticed, and, and when I go out and do little speeches, I haven't done one, you know, in the last year and a year and a half or whatever because of COVID and all the rest of it. But um, the two things that I tell people that really upset them when I say them at, at little speeches and everything uh, number one would be a lot of people don't don't like humor. They don't want to laugh. I don't think anything's funny. I'm, the, the world is too serious a place to be laughing about anything. And then the other one, this is the one that really pisses people off when I tell them this. Because uh, I'm asked, well, how, how do you know if you're funny? Mm-hmm. And I said, here's the way you know if you're funny. If you're trying to be funny, you're not funny. And man, do they get upset at that. But don't you believe that's true? If you're actually, if you're working at being funny, you're not funny. There's nothing worse than trying to be funny. That is, we completely oh, yeah. agree yep. with you. Um, but that's why the humor styles are so important for people, because mm-hmm. oftentimes it's not about being funny. You know, our book is not about, you know, how to crack a joke. There's certainly secrets from comedians in there, um, but but it's much more about being human, you know, we we talk a lot about you know how does you know that pet frog joke that Naomi shared that commanded eighteen percent right. more money by by the person who was negotiating with that person. That wasn't necessarily a you know a joke or a laugh out loud attempt. It was just more attempt for you know having some levity and humanity um, in the engagement. So we talk a little bit about Dick Costello, who actually trained. And um, in stand-up, and he was the CEO of Twitter. So Naomi will share the, the story. Oh, so Dick says one of his lines is, and again, background is in comedy, but he says, if you want to have more humor at work, the worst thing to do is crack a joke. Instead, just be open to laughing and smiling. And so yeah. this concept is, don't go around being a joke teller. Just navigate your life on the precipice of a smile. If you change your mindset to be looking for reasons to be delighted, and you'll find and create more humor and joy in your life. I think that makes total sense. By the way, I did notice in the text uh, descriptor of you, Jennifer and Naomi, that something I just found out about myself, and you, you have a different version of it, but I didn't know until I would say the last six months, because people would say they, they were either put off by me or they were, they were scared of me. I'm like, why? I'm nice to everybody. Why would you be afraid of me? <laughs> And finally, a guy came up and said, Tom, you've got a resting bitch face. <laughs> I said, what? 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 I, have, have what? I love that. That's true. We, Honesty we have a, That's I. We, you know, otherwise known as resting box face. It's interesting right. because as leaders, we are constantly sending signals to our employees and to our organization and to the people around us, you know, what is okay, what's appropriate for this situation. And so it's, it's particularly important for leaders to show that a sense of humor is welcome and appreciated. And in fact, we know that leaders who, are, who have a sense of humor, if their employees think their leader has a sense of humor, by the way, not that they're funny, just that they have a sense of humor. They are right, rated right. as 
Yeah, they are rated as 27% more motivating and admired, and their employees are 15% more engaged at work, just because they're willing to laugh or smile. That's it. Uh, and people, not as many people are. there. I don't think there's any question about Some people just don't want anything to do with humor. Uh, I, do you think part of it is they're terrified? Because I, I do a morning show in town as well, and just by coincidence this morning, I was talking about, uh, you know, there are a couple of, of young women comedians that I don't find particularly funny. And then I said, well, you have to understand something. I base them on Joan Rivers, and there have been very few people alive funnier than Joan Rivers. But then I did point out Joan Rivers couldn't do some of her jokes, a lot of her jokes in 2021. An example of that I oh, used. God, yeah. Uh, Joan Rivers said many, many years ago, well, it couldn't be that long ago, I'd say it was the last 10 years, she's on, I think it was The Tonight Show, and she comes out and she was talking about she this, that, and the other, and she goes, you know, you know boys to men? Are you aware, aware of boys to men? Well, Michael Jackson thought that was a delivery business. <laughs> I mean, there is no way you're getting away with that joke in 2021. Honestly, that boys to men was a delivery service. Like, oh God! Uh, but it's Joan true. was. It, you Joan know was what? Our sense of humor, what we can laugh at, um, changes in really dramatic ways. If you like watch SNL, oh, yeah. Saturday Night Live, you know, from the sixties mm-hmm. to the seventies, you would be, um, you know, shocked to see what was what was on air. And that's one thing that's so interesting about humor, right? Is that it tests boundaries and it's intended to test boundaries. And through testing boundaries and finding what is appropriate, what isn't um, appropriate in what context, you know, that's, that's kind of what moves society forward. So it's really interesting to look at the history of what makes things funny. It's, it's and fun. there's also... To, it's oh, fu- go ahead. It's funny. I watched an speaking. Of that, I watched an episode of a Married with Children last night just because it was on, and oh, me yeah. and Nancy were like, "They Love can it. never say any of this today. Not <laughs> no. one word. So bad. This, no, this one was really bad. It was like so oh, yeah. over the top oh, yeah. bad, They're womanizing, so bad. body shaming, everything. Like you, you oh, can everything. never, you can never have it on TV. No way. No. Lazy housewife. It was so funny. Yeah. I, I think I laughed more than I've laughed in the last six months. Like I, it was oh, funny, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why think... I mean, and it is—it's dangerous too, right? To cross the line. So we have an entire chapter in our book that's just devoted to humor fails. How do you avoid them? Ooh. How do you? What do you do when you do fail? So things like techniques that all comedians are well aware of, but are less common for us you know, normal folks to be aware of. So, for example, never punch down, which is the principle that you never want to make fun of someone lower in rank from you, which, of course, is super important for people who are rising in in status in an organization because they realize what works as a middle manager is not going to work as the boss. Um, Other techniques that we talk about are minding your medium. So, for example, we know that studies show sarcasm is really likely to be misunderstood over email. And in fact, that when we think we have, um, we have communicated a joke over email, the, the most likely form oh. of humor to be misinterpreted is sarcasm. And then another one, mm-hmm. the last one I'll give here, and we, again, we have you know, uh, a whole chapter of these in the book, is, uh, is context switching. So obviously it goes without saying that what works in the living room isn't going to work in the boardroom, but we get really detailed on how do you need to context switch based on your environment and even your style, right? So sometimes being a magnet is going to work beautifully for you, 
And other times, so as a um, as a young woman earlier in my career facilitating these sessions with groups of executives, I was, you know, quote, the lowest status person in the room. And in that context, using sniper or stand-up humor was a superpower for me. And now that yeah. I teach at the business school at Stanford, it's all magnet and sweethearts because the goal is different and my status is different. So again, it's, it's not just, you know, we can look at humor in the world and say, ooh, that's uncomfortable, or I don't want to fail in that way, and it can seem really scary. But once you know, once you demystify what these common pitfalls are, it actually gets a whole lot easier. That makes total sense. Do you, is it hard to get the students to laugh right after they've seen their tuition statement? <laughs> <laughs> oh! Well, I've got to say, not only that, but I'll say our course at the Business School at Stanford, Humor Series Business, gets the same amount of academic credit as financial accounting. And Ooh. so they are really getting some tuitions worth with our class. And uh, and it's the easiest way to switch them from la- from uh, crying to laughing after they see that statement. Yes. <laughs> very good. I'm glad to hear that. I need to take a very quick break. You can stick around for another segment, I hope. We will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. We will be right back in a couple of minutes with Jennifer and Naomi. Humor, seriously. Be right back. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home. Listed on the MLS and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. The book is called Humor Seriously by Jennifer Acker and Naomi Bagdonis. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it everywhere, as a matter of fact. You better get it on Amazon now before Bezos steps down and they go under. No, they're not going to go under. <laughs> do, you hear he's, do you guys hear he's stepping down? Yeah, see, he's yeah. Really? Yeah, he stepped down as CEO. Yep. What's he going to be? They were just fined $61 million, $65 million for stealing million. tips from drivers? Yeah. Oh, nice. What? Well, they, nice. steal, they just kept them. Yep. Of course. Oh they kept my. all the tips. Well, that's stealing. That would be stealing. That's stealing. <laughs> well, you know, restaurants, Jennifer, Naomi. restaurants are doing that what? now, too. Of course they are. 
Well, they're all work. hurting so bad. Restaurants are putting the gratuity right on the ch- right on the check, but it says this is not for the wait staff. Yep. Nope. But they're charging oh. you twenty percent. It's happening a lot in Minnesota. They're charging you twenty percent. You're keeping the money and not giving it to their yeah. Built-in gratuity but, is well, not a tip. Well, that is because they cannot uh, pay people and have their doors open at fifty percent capacity. Yeah, that's the no, thing. They can't, can't do it. A lot of places. That is true. Ladies and gentlemen, we were talking to Jennifer and Naomi. We're laughing up a storm. Why? Because Jennifer and Naomi are not trying to be funny. They're just funny. Right? Okay, well, what? Oh, my goodness. Thank you. (laughs) I need to uh, clarify that statement, though. I was voted, and Catherine would love to know if you um, resonate with this or if you completely reject this. I was at home. So let me just hear a story. This is Jennifer. I was at home enjoying a lovely dinner, a round table of pizza which I call cooking. And I was, you know, diving into this research on, on humor, and I was always on the lookout for new data. So I decided to conduct this family poll. And so I had my husband, Andy, uh, two sons, Cooper and Devin, and my daughter, Taya Sloan. And the question we posed at the table is, who's the funniest member of our family? And so Ooh. no sooner than the words escaped my mouth and all three kids, eyes, they're shot, they shot down. They were really focused on, like, trying to find vegetables, which didn't exist in a home-cooked meal. And, um, and so I'm like, you know, <laughs> give me the answer. Taya, our youngest, embraced the bunch. She finally broke the silence, and she said, yes, Dad is the funniest one in our family. Then comes us. Then comes our dog. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, <well>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Moms never what? have a chance of what? winning, ever. It, Catherine, don't you think that's true? It's so true. Absolutely. It's not true in the least. I think you're funny as hell. Well, if you're in a good mood, I'm funny. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. No, Catherine is a very, I, very funny. But actually, that, everybody um, in my family is. Yeah, I was just going to say that we find um, that oftentimes there are these different humor styles. Like the moms in the family often get relegated or, you know, because partly because they're juggling so many things. Um it, you know, to being more sweetheart and uplifting the family, whereas mm-hmm. the dad um, or oftentimes, you know, even a brother gets to be um, the sniper. So what's really interesting mm-hmm. in family dynamics is, A, how do humor cells come to life? And, B, how do you actually make your kids feel like they are humorous? You know, it's so interesting to think about. You know, you could tell your, your kid, you know, you're smart. But, you know, there's downsides with that, and we all want to encourage a growth mindset, like you're trying hard. Um, you could tell your kid, you know, they are athletic. And, again, it's all about, you know, sort of like how you actually encourage trying hard. But what's so powerful is when you tell your child you are funny, you laugh generously with them, the amount of sort of self-esteem that comes along with that mm. is significant. Yeah. So as a family-run sort of podcast, we'd love to hear a little bit about how it comes to life with, with you. Can you share any insights? Well, I think it's really important just to goof around with your kids and be willing to mm-hmm. and just be goofy and not be worried about you know whether they think that you're embarrassing them in front of their friends or whatever. <laughs> you just do it. And that lightheartedness is just, I think it just carries on throughout your life. Totally. I love Anybody? that. There's a, um, <laughs> Terry Cruz is a, is a friend of the course and a guest, and he always says, oh. be unembarrassable. That's the, that's the tone that you should set, <laughs> is just being unembarrassable. I really like him. Love that. 
I feel like I'm. And un- it's really. Oh, sorry. I feel like I'm unembarrassable mostly because of a big part going to you, mom, because you were always just like, I'm just going to be weird and you can be embarrassed. I don't really care. And so. <laughs> oh, I remember you being mortified so many times by yeah. me. And oh, I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. When I was, yeah, when I was, a, yeah, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, mom, gosh. But I, yeah, I remember you being like, I don't really care what anybody thinks. And so now I'm like, I don't care what anybody thinks. What anybody exactly. else thinks is actually none of your business. Yeah. There you go. That's right. Well, and I don't have time to worry about what everybody's thinking about me. Well, it's and none I, of your business. Tell you it's none I don't of your business I, well, anyway. Well, and I don't think I'm that important for everybody to be worrying about whether I, you know, this way or that way. I just don't care. Yeah, I don't because either. I don't have control over what people think about me anyway. Yeah. So I might as well just and, do what I want. And you never will. No. And you know what's so important about that realization is uh, my mom actually has volunteered for hospice for the last. 40 years um, ongoing, and um, oh, oh what's God. really... Bless her. Yeah, she is an angel, and also, yeah, she's, she's totally an angel, and so what we find to be interesting is that since we, I have two younger sisters, we grew up, you know, basically hearing stories of what people wish for in, um, you know, the last days of their life, and one of them was, um, I wish I didn't take myself so seriously. I wish that, you know, I mm-hmm. had been, you know easier to laugh and cultivated more joy, not chase happiness, but rather cultivated it. So what, how your family came to be in the ethos that you have is so highly aligned with what actually creates meaning in our lives. Um, so, yeah. We also find, by the way, that the other regrets that people, you know, mention on the last days of their life, like boldness and authenticity and and presence, I wish I was just more present and appreciated to here and now more. And love, I wish I had the chance to say, I love you one more time. All of these regrets are really mitigated by um, a sense of humor, because a sense of humor allows us to move through negative emotions more nimbly, so we can be bolder. It allows us to be more authentically us um, and listen less to what others say. It allows us to be more present, because we're listening hard for that callback. Even that riff that you guys just had right there is just about being in the moment and doubling down on each other's like laughter or jokes. And love, at the end of our book, we have Michael Lewis, the author, who writes with us, and he says, um, you know, when you have humor present, love is not far behind. Ooh, love I it. I love that. And a win for Catherine. Hey, mark this down. <laughs> <laughs> love it. There you go. Catherine, I love that. And a win for me. You know, one one other thing that we don't necessarily think of when it comes to laughter is, you know, we know that we have all of these coping strategies in our lives, right? Especially now more than ever. And, um, and you know, for example, you're feeling down or or stressed, you go for a run, right? And so you have all these, or you call someone you love. We have all these coping strategies. But we don't necessarily think of humor and laughter as being one of those strategies, but actually it really is. And this goes back to, and sorry to be nerdy here for a second, but it goes to our brain, uh, our, our neurochemistry, what's going on in our brains when we laugh. So when we laugh, our brains release a cocktail of hormones. We release endorphins, which give us something like a runner's high. We lower our cortisol, which makes us feel calmer and less stressed. And we release oxytocin, which is often called the love hormone. It's also, by the way, released during, uh, during a mother giving birth and during sex. 
So what's wild about laughter is that as far as our brains are concerned, laughter is basically like exercising, meditating, and having sex at the same time. Which is No, we're talking. And they're very efficient. (laughs) Finally, something I can get on board with. (laughs) Catherine, joining the team. These changes in our physiology have very real impact on our health as well. So one study conducted over 15 years found that people with a sense of humor are 30% more resistant to severe disease and that they live on average eight years longer. And so if you think about what makes you laugh, you know, whether it's someone you live with, um, someone who you're Zooming with right now, whether it's an episode of Shift Creek, these things are actually helping to keep us healthy not just yep. giving us a good time. It's funny you say that because I watched a documentary yesterday called Your Stu- the Stomach, Your Gut, Your Second, the Gut, is the, Your Second Brain. And it's about, it says the gut is as smart as a small dog. Or yeah. dog, same as a dog, a pet, average pet. But it talked about, it talked about what happens in your gut when you laugh and stuff that's released in there. Mm-hmm. And it is healthy to laugh. Absolutely. I don't think there's any question. You know, I have to give you an example for people that are listening about what do you mean you don't try to be funny? But the funniest thing that's happened to me in 2021, so now we're, what, 33 days, 34 days into it, um, I have a friend from Peru. Catherine and I have a friend from Peru and another friend from Haiti. And they were standing there in the lobby of this building, and I walked up. And my Peruvian friend, and none, none of this was planned. It just happened. This is what humor is really all about. So I walked up to him, and my Peruvian friend looked really sad. And I said, what's the matter? He goes, oh, I'm just uh, kind of depressed. I said, what are you depressed about? He goes, well, you know, I'm gay. And I said, yeah, so what? You're gay, so why would you be depressed about that? He goes, that's not what I'm de- depressed about. I'm just concerned about trans people because they're born into a body they didn't want. And I had to try to lighten the moment a bit. I said, well... I didn't, I didn't ask to be born into this body. And then he responded, yeah, but you did that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a fun, see, now that's what humor is supposed to be, right there. Now, was he punching down? <laughs> yeah, was he actually punching down, Jennifer and Naomi? I'm not sure. Well, uh, it depends on what part of your body he was talking about, really. That's true. <laughs> That's true. You're right. <laughs> See, that's that's what I love about Huber is that right. This man went from sad to without even knowing, telling a great mm-hmm. joke. That's what I love mm-hmm. about humor, right there. Yeah, absolutely. You know. It's such a pressure release. It's so, and it's something we all need so much right now. And welcome. And it's it's wild that we aren't that we don't have more of it in our lives and especially in our professional lives that we leave our sense of humor at the door and we don't recognize all of these opportunities to shift a moment to release pressure and um and as you said to to change the dynamic from being really down and sad to being able Mm -hmm. to find some levity through that grief absolutely it was 60 seconds he went from being very sad to being very proud that i was laughing as hard as i was when he said it. he loved the fact that it made me laugh really hard so that's that's what humor is for right there it just that is exactly what humor is for to try to make somebody else feel better and if you poke a little fun at this that or the other who cares you know that's fine 
Bowie people are touchy. Thin skin. That's the problem of right now, though. Humor is going to get less and less because people are so touchy. Yeah. And everyone's afraid to say anything. God. Why? I don't know. Why I don't, are they? I don't. I know a lot of people that second guess. I started to, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to be me, and mm-hmm. haters can hate and judge and do whatever they want. People who know me know right. me, and that's all I care about. So, yeah, I think humor at comedy is in the toilet right now because of it. Definitely. Well, yeah, think, what do you think, Jennifer? Oh, go ahead, Jennifer. I was just going to say, you know, one of the things is just about understanding. I think the rules seem like they're changing in terms of what is appropriate versus what is inappropriate, you know, to joke about and laugh about. And so one of the things that we talk about in our, our class is, A, having a trusted set of friends and followers who actually know that humor is a priority, that you can actually test new ideas with them, and it's sort of in this safe kind of trusted space where you can get feedback. The second thing we do is, in our class, we do this thing called a spectrum activity, which is this interesting activity where we put the students on basically a spectrum of inappropriate to appropriate. So um, we will give them a tweet or a meme or a, you know, a joke, and they will stand on the left side of the class where it's inappropriate to the right side of the class, which is, I thought this was totally appropriate. And so as we dole out these different you know, jokes, memes, tweets, they go and they stand where they believe that you know, tweet lands. And what we do is we call on the person who's on an extreme side, like, you thought that was extremely inappropriate, why? And they'll verbalize why to the rest of the class. And then people are allowed to move based on that person's argument or based on that person's perspective. And what's super interesting about this is it creates this interesting conversation and openness to actually change minds and openness to hear other people's perspectives and a way of kind of learning but also maintaining the importance of humor. No question about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Humor Seriously by Jennifer Acker and Naomi Bagdonis. It's available on Amazon. It's available everywhere. You guys got to call in more often to sell more books and to make us laugh. That, that, what a terrific interview you've done. And great. Same time next week. We'll see you soon. <laughs> All right. I'm not kidding. You call in anytime you want. We'd love to we'll have you. Thank you, you so for much. Round table pizza for Jennifer's home cooked round table pizza. Yes. The home cooked round table pizza. Work, yeah, you'll cook with 800 506. There, there you go. There's your cooking. All right, we will thank you very much. We will talk to you soon, and we'll thank be back you. with hour two with the family.